Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us tonight. Jim Paris with you live on Sunday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern. And of course, the website is ChristianMoney.com. Tonight in our guest segment, the book is called Uplifted, and it's her first time with us. Her name is Susan Smith-Jones. The subtitle is 12 Minutes to More Joy, Faith, Peace, Kindness, and Vitality. It's going to be a great book uh, to get into about health and wellness she talks about meditation, holistic medicine, a lot in here. This will be coming up tonight in uh, 28 minutes at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And a lot to get into in our news segment, but uh, just to give you a little bit of a tease for next week, Tony Ortega is here, and of course he's our good friend that comes on and talks all about Scientology. He'll be with us next week as we have a Scientology special next week to uh, get into uh, everything uh, having to do with the latest news on Scientology. And you guys can't get enough of that. That's one of our most popular topics, Scientology. And uh, coming up in two weeks, we've got our friend Randy Williams, private investigator, will be with us. All right, a lot to get into tonight. And I'm going to start by talking about the new book. So my new book is out, which is titled How to Move to Florida When You're Dirt Poor. And uh, it's super cheap. It's available only through my website. I decided to do this kind of as a little bit of an experiment, and it's really going well. And the book is available exclusively through ChristianMoney.com. If you want to grab a copy, it's on the homepage of Christian Money, or you can go directly to this URL. You can go to dirtpoor.christianmoney.com. .christianmoney.com. How to Move to Florida When You're Dirt Poor. And what the book is all about, because as I travel around the country and meet people, everybody has questions about moving to Florida. Everybody seems to want to move to Florida. Either people already have moved here or they, they're planning to do it at some point in the future. And people have questions about where are the best places to buy houses? Where is real estate still cheap? What are some creative options for being able to make it affordable to live in Florida? Other things like how to live in Florida just seasonally. And then some creative things like living on boats, how that can be done. Uh, RVs, how to live in an RV and save money doing that. So it's really, it's an entire book and you can read it in about 45 minutes. It's, it's really direct and to the point. And uh, it gets into all of these details. And my favorite part of the book is when I talk about how to find the affordable housing that is still available in Florida. So my house that I'm living in right now where I'm doing this show from, we bought this house in 2010 for $125,000. And today it's now worth over $400,000. So that's really good for us. 
but not good for somebody that's living in Illinois or New Jersey or New York or California that wants to move to Florida because the price has gone up on a lot of real estate. However, there is a way to still get into affordable real estate in Florida. You've got to know the strategy, and that is covered in my book, How to Move to Florida When You're Dirt Poor. The book is available for just $9.95, immediate download. It comes as a PDF, and you can read it right away. You can grab your copy by going to dirtpoor.christianmoney.com. That's How to Move to Florida When You're Dirt Poor, dirtpoor.christianmoney.com. Or if you don't remember that, just go to the homepage of christianmoney.com. You'll find a link there where you can order the book. Okay, now it's time for my big giant announcement. <laughs> I should say my big fat announcement. So I, I hit my goal on weight loss uh, last week. And I'm going to get a sip of water here before I give you the number, the magic number. I lost a total now of 50 pounds. <laughs> and it's really shocking. I mean, you can look at me and those of you that are regular viewers of the show, you can tell I have lost 50 pounds. And I wanted to take a few minutes tonight and share with you how I did it and invite those of you that are interested maybe in getting on a program to get in touch with me. Because now that I've had such a big breakthrough success, losing all this weight I decided that I'm going to give back. That is, I'm going to coach a few people that want to lose weight as well. And so if you want to work with me, uh, and I'll tell you a little bit about the program here in just a minute, just send me an email to jim at christianmoney.com and put in the subject line weight loss. And I will connect with you. We can do a, like a 15-minute phone call. It won't cost you a penny to do the phone call. And I'll explain to you the whole program in a lot of detail, including how much it costs and how quickly you can get started and all of that. So if you're interested in getting on a program and having me coach you, send an email to jim at christianmoney.com and put in the subject line weight loss. So let me give you this, the backstory on this. So probably I want to say it was all the way back in the fall, maybe September or October, I started noticing some people in our church that had lost a significant amount of weight. I think um, they had lost, each had lost over 30 pounds. And they really honestly looked like different people. The trans, the transformation they made was just amazing. And so curiosity got the best of me. And I got in touch with her. Her name is Kim. And I asked her, what did you do to lose this weight? And she started sharing with me the details of this program, which sounded really unusual and hard to believe. And, but this is the program that I went on. So she shared with me that on this program, you're going to actually eat six times a day, <laughs> not, not three times a day and watch your calories. You're going to actually eat six times a day. And so that's the program that I went on and you have these six meals. Five of the meals are prepackaged. Now these are small meals they're about 100 to 120 calories each, these smaller meals. But because you're eating these small meals all throughout the day, you're never hungry. And that's really the key to the program is these small meals. So I did the program. I started, I want to say, like about October 20th. And I just hit my mark of 50 pounds. So you're going to lose about 10 pounds a month on the program, most people. 
And the reason you're going to lose that much weight is even though you're having six meals a day, that comes out to be only about 1,100 calories a day. So one of those meals you're going to actually make yourself. It's called a lean and green meal. And that is a reasonable size piece of lean meat. And then you get three sides of vegetables. That's your lean and green meal. Most people have that as their dinner. And then during the day before dinner, you're going to have these five prepackaged meals. And there's pretty cool stuff in there. You've got things like garlic mashed potatoes, macaroni and cheese, uh, just all kinds of great comfort food, um, chili, uh, all kinds of things like that. And it's in these smaller portions. So it's enough to sort of ward off the hunger and keep you going. And by having these small meals, it keeps your metabolism charged up and keeps you going all throughout the day. So that's the program that I went on. It's called Optavia. If you want to do a Google search on it and find out more about it. But that's the, um, the program that I actually got trained to coach with. So I went through the program to learn how to become a coach to, to actually work with other people on their weight loss. And that's what I'm making available now as an additional uh, option. If you're interested in going on the program that I went on, I will not only uh, get you started, but I will do an ongoing coaching with you uh, in this Optavia program. So just send me an email to jim at christianmoney.com. That's jim at christianmoney.com. I don't know if you saw this story or not, but Dinesh D'Souza apparently has a new movie coming out. And the title of the movie is 2000 Mules. And the movie is all about um, these packagers, um, these harvesters of ballots. And apparently in his research, he has uncovered 2000 of these uh, ballot harvesters. And that's what the movie is going to be all about, about ballot harvesting and really the fraud that happened in the election this last time around. And it's interesting because he says in the movie that he's not necessarily claiming that the election should be overturned. He's not necessarily claiming that Trump would have otherwise won. He's simply making the point that the election was not secure and that there was some of these uh, shenanigans going on. And that's going to be in his new movie uh, coming out. It's called 2000 Mules. It'll probably be out in the movie theaters, I'm guessing from what I've seen in the next week or so. And um, it looks like uh, it's going to be a, a, just a, a big one because there's so much publicity uh, going on about it right now. All right. Another story you may or may not have noticed, but as the country continues to have a buzz about food shortages, there is this odd thing that's going on that we've had 18 food processing plants burned down over the last six months. Isn't that incredible? And so in addition to all of the supply chain issues with food and the food shortages that we're already, you know, going to be dealing with just because of the, you know, system that we're, you know, the supply chain uh, breakdown that we're dealing with already. And by the way, I was at the grocery store today, a bunch of empty uh, shelves at my grocery store here, Publix in Palm Coast. Uh, but in addition to the normal supply chain issues that we're having, we've got this weird phenomenon of all of these food processing plants burning down, uh, 18, believe it or not, in the last six months. And now on top of that, on top of that, the FBI is warning 
of cyber attacks that are going to take place in addition to these fires. Now they're going to be facing cyber attacks at these food processing plants. So watch this story. Um, it, you can make a great argument for why everybody should have some amount of, of emergency food on hand. I've got here at the house about six months worth of emergency food, but it's, it's something that everybody needs to uh, start thinking about getting some emergency food. You'll have to excuse me tonight having to make a few extra pauses because my voice is really dry for some reason today and I'm going to have to uh, pause here and there to get some uh, coffee and some water. So Disney, a lot of people don't know this, but Walt Disney World, when they were first set, setting up Walt Disney World, this would be in the late 1960s, they were able to lobby the state of Florida and actually get their own city. So when you go to Walt Disney World, you're actually entering into a private city. And that's how Walt Disney World has operated since, I believe it was 1969. But this past week, uh, and this is there's an interesting backstory in this, which I'll get into in a minute. But this past week, the state of Florida passed a law revoking Disney's right to operate as a private city. And um, this is huge. And the reason for this was... Because of this so-called don't say gay bill, which it's not, but that's what they were calling it, don't say gay. And this was that we should not have in our schools between kindergarten and the third grade any type of training about sexual orientation or gender identity, those kinds of things. And I think it really applies to all sexual education, that they're just keeping that out of the schools until after kids get into the fourth grade. And so because of this law, uh, a bunch of the top executives at Disney came out, and a lot of the employees as well, came out in a, against this law and, and really started you know, uh, pushing back real strong against the state of Florida with this new law, which was called supposedly the Don't Say Gay Law, which it wasn't. It wasn't that at all, but that's what they were saying it was. But in any case, in retaliation for that, the state of Florida has revoked Disney's right to operate as a private city, which I think is very interesting. I, I, I really I, I've been following this really closely. And there's a lot of people talking about what this is going to ultimately mean. It's going to mean that Disney uh, will no longer be able to, for example, they had their own fire department. They had their own water treatment plant. I believe they had their own police department. Um, they like ran their own uh, public works. So all the streets inside of Disney were owned and maintained by Disney. Uh, but now they're going to have to pay taxes and that's going to be a regular, uh, you know, municipal city which will not be owned and run by Disney. So they'll be operating just like Universal or any of the other theme parks without having this special privilege of uh, having their own private city. So that's a really great, uh, I, I think, a great move by the governor, Governor DeSantis here in Florida. So you heard the news that uh, Elon Musk is making a bid to buy Twitter. Now, Twitter, the executives and the management at Twitter uh, did not want him to be able to buy the company. He wants to purchase it basically outright, the entire company, and take it private. And the reason he wants to do this is he's a big believer in free speech and he wants to get rid of all of the 
you know, most of the moderation that goes on there is pretty stifling. He wants to get rid of most of that. And a lot of people are being shadow banned and not able to truly have free speech on the platform. He really wants this to be opened up to be a free speech platform. I've pretty much personally given up on Twitter, honestly, uh, because the truth is I put stuff up on Twitter and virtually nobody sees it and nobody reacts to it. And um, I do have quite a few followers. I think I'm up to like, I don't know, around 10,000 followers on Twitter. But the truth is I, I'm definitely shadow banned. I'm definitely being restricted because I'm not able to get uh, very many uh, responses, likes, uh, comments, anything on, on uh, the post that I make on Twitter. So I welcome this. But uh, the latest news on this is that uh, at first, what they decided to do was to reject Elon Musk's purchase offer, and they uh, p passed a provision that would uh, put in what's called a poison pill, which the poison pill provision would make it impossible for Elon Musk to be able to buy enough shares to be able to effectively take control of Twitter and then take the company private. However, the latest news tonight is that Elon Musk's bid to buy Twitter is now being taken seriously by the board of directors at Twitter. So this could be a thing. I mean, this could actually happen. And I'm honestly excited about it. I think it would be a really great thing to see Twitter. And when Twitter first came out, I was excited about the platform. I went in with you know both feet and got a, 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 uh, a profile set up and started building a following and uh, was really excited about it. And uh, then I got banned from Twitter for a while. Uh, I, I think it was a one-week or a two-week ban I had back in like 2009, 2010. And uh, ever since then, I've really just been limited. And I, I just think that they've got some kind of a, a filter that limits people that are conservatives in particular. And um, that's what uh, I think is, is going on with a lot of the, uh, the Twitterverse. All right. I thought this was interesting. Let me grab another sip of coffee here. Just when you thought he was gone and would never be back again, uh, Bernie Sanders is apparently hinting that he's going to come back for yet another run for president. And this is a guy who, honestly, I wonder if he really does want to become uh, president or not, or whether or not this is just something fun for him to do. And he gets to raise all this money and he gets to travel around the country and he gets to rile people up and draw big crowds. Uh, but get this, Bernie Sanders right now is 80 years old. He is 80 years old presently. So if you look at going out like a year and a half or two years to the presidential election, when the campaign begins, uh, he's going to be 82, and when he got elected president, that would make him elected as president. I believe he would be sworn in at the age of 84, <laughs> which is really crazy. But what's crazier than that is that Joe Biden, Joe Biden is saying that he's going to uh, run uh, as well. He's going to run for a second term, which I don't know how old he will be, uh, but he'll be definitely up there, similar age range as Bernie Sanders. So you might have heard this story about Netflix, that Netflix has lost, I think the number was something like 25 or, or 30 percent of their subscribers that they lost. And people are speculating as to why that is. Uh, 
Some people are saying it, it has a lot to do with Disney Plus, you know, that a lot of families just went ahead and got rid of Netflix and replaced it with Disney Plus. There are a lot of other streaming options that are out there. You can buy a lot of channels now, a la carte on Amazon Prime, and Amazon Prime is competing with Netflix. But um, one of the big stories here in this is that there is a lot of password sharing going on. Now, I have never really done this, although I will tell you that within my own family, we've had problems um, where either my wife or I are going to try and watch something on Netflix and we'll go to uh, log into our Netflix account and then find out that we can't log in because someone else is already logged in. And I don't exactly know how it works, but there was some idea that you could have up to five people logged in, at, but I think you could only have like two at a time or something, but you could have five logins. There was some restriction on it, but in any case, people have figured out how to exploit the system and how they heard, if you will, and be without having their own account. And uh, I, I was listening to a talk radio show this week and somebody was, was uh, talking about uh, Netflix and the host asked him, uh, one of the other hosts asks this host, well, do you have a Netflix account? And he says, well, no, I don't actually have my own account, but I do use Netflix. <laughs> and he asks him, well, how do you use Netflix if you don't have your account? And he says, well, I always use friends passwords. And so this is kind of the, the sneaky part of this that uh, there appears to be uh, some amount of password sharing uh, to the extent that it's costing, you know, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, that looks like what is really at issue here is it is not so much maybe that they're losing eyeballs as much as the fact that they're actually, they've got the same number of people using the service, but people are sharing passwords and that could very well uh, be what's going on. All right. Uh, a couple of questions here came in and I want to answer them. Uh, by the way, during the show, you can always send questions. A lot of you know this to Jim at ChristianMoney.com. Jim at ChristianMoney.com. A couple of people wanted me to comment a little bit further on the how to move to Florida when you're dirt poor book. So I want to get into a, a couple of quick things here. Um, one of the questions is, well, Jim, where do you find the cheap houses? So I'm going to give you like a little bit of a, a little sliver here uh, on that just as we go out uh, to our guest segment. So in the state of Florida, if you go along the coastlines, you know, that is where the beaches are. And by the way, a lady called me the other day and she said she wanted some advice on where uh, she could buy a house in Florida. And her only requirement was that she wanted to be near the beach. And I assured her that there's a beach near almost all of Florida. If you look at the state and realize that, you know, it's a peninsula and almost anywhere that you're at, you're near a beach. But in any case, if you look at the state of Florida and you kind of look at the, the shape of Florida, what you want to focus on if you're looking for the deals is you want to go inland. And this center area that goes down the middle of the state, I call this the spine of Florida. And um, if you go, if you drive across the state, it takes about two and a half to three hours to cross the state of Florida. So if you, if you get to that halfway point, which is about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes inland, that middle point, and you draw a line down the entire state of Florida. Now, there are two exceptions to that. 
One exception is the Orlando area, which is in that middle section. You're not going to find affordable real estate for the most part in Orlando. Uh, maybe if you live in a mobile home park, but otherwise Orlando is pretty pricey. And so is the greater Miami area. So even that halfway point when you get to South Florida near Miami, that area is not going to be affordable. But otherwise, the entire state of Florida on this spine area, this middle area of Florida, is where you're going to find the affordable real estate. So you're not going to be right next to the beach. You're going to be like an hour drive from the beach. But this is where you can still find uh, the, the cheap houses. And I did a video about, what was it, three or four weeks ago, I, I went out to Palatka, which is that middle section, which is near me here. But if I were to drive about 45 minutes inland from where I'm sitting right now, that's Palatka. And I actually found quite a few houses in inventory in the MLS system for under $150,000. And uh, that was uh, shocking to see those prices. But even if you get into the panhandle of Florida, now we're talking not the spine of Florida, but the panhandle of Florida, uh, you'll find some deals up in the panhandle as well. So I get into this in the book, how to move to Florida when you're dirt poor, what areas to focus on, and then I show you how to use the internet to actually uh, get online and actually find these deals. Okay. We're going to take a one-minute break. When we come back, we'll be back with our guest segment. Our special guest tonight is Susan Smith-Jones. Her book is Uplifted, 12 Minutes to More Joy, Faith, Peace, Kindness, and Vitality. We'll refire the open, and we'll be back in one minute. Stand by. <music> 